welcome to the campfire. Every month, I'll be here to bring you a new tale of terror, of horror, of the things that creep and crawl in the night. So join me as we descend into the things our minds dare not think of. Welcome to the very first Scary Stories Told by Scott episode. I had originally planned to write and record another story, but I realized I could air the first episode on my birthday. And then I felt an appropriate story was needed. So, as I celebrate mine and Alessa's birthday today, I hope you'll enjoy the following tale. The Birthday Judd stood in front of the full-length mirror and let his hands fall to his sides. He cracked his knuckles and began to stretch. Every shift seemed to be taking more out of him lately. He'd only had another hour before the next gig started, and he was definitely feeling the strain. Even still, he was glad to be making more money consistently. Word around town spread fast about him and his new venture. It certainly was a whole different experience to answering phone calls and being yelled at. He walked to the window and stood for a moment, enjoying the afternoon sun. His last two bookings had been more exhausting than he had anticipated, and the sun felt good on his aching joints. Judd was never really one for children, but he had a knack for making them laugh, and that kept the adults happy just long enough for a break. And that's what mattered most, it seemed. Pulling away from the window, Judd took out his phone and checked the booking info to remember the address. It appeared to be just on the outskirts of town, a 20-minute drive at the least. Since he'd never been out that way before, Judd was even more curious. He typed the address in and was a bit surprised by the results. It was a pretty sizable mansion sitting atop a series of hills. A house that big and fancy. They've got to be rich, Judd thought to himself. I hope they tip good. After a few more stretches, he went to his wardrobe. Hanging up against some jackets was a bright white costume with fringes on the cuffs and the end of the pant legs. A bright red stripe ran down the middle of the shirt where poofy yellow buttons jutted out of the fabric. Various colored circles pockmarked the shirt while the pants, baggy and loose-fitting, had green stripes running down from the knees. Everything was tailored to look loose and flowy, but fit perfectly. Once Judd was dressed, he turned and walked towards his makeup station. It was a small desk fitted with a bust-sized mirror that was adorned by a plethora of bright lights. Sitting on top of the desk was a box. Judd pulled off the lid and slid out the various compartments. From one, he produced a paintbrush. From another, he took out and set down a palette of paints and began to cover his face in the grease paint. White for the base, blue around one eye, green around the other. His smile painted a deep red outlining of slightly less dark red. As he put the last strokes on his face, the alarm on his phone rang out. It was time to go. The ride through town was mostly uneventful. Judd passed by liquor stores, dollar shops, familiar sights. As he neared the edge of town, however, 
things began to look less familiar. The shop names he had come to know were replaced by somehow even smaller stores and even less houses. Before he knew it, he had passed the sign marking the end of the town's border, and around him were rolling hills. Out here, houses were dotted across large distances from one another, some simple, some grand, all completely new to him. It wasn't long after that that he found the turnoff for the mansion he'd been booked at. A well-paved street led up into the hills. The mansion loomed in the distance. Impossible to miss. The car thumped a bit as he transitioned to the new road. From there, it was a smooth ride up to the mansion's gate. Large walls held the gate in place. From where Judd sat, it seemed as if the walls went on forever. They wound around the landscape and stood almost impossibly high, clearly blocking any access to and from except for the gate. Nestled into the wall near the gate was a small box with a circle made up of tiny holes in it and a small button. Judging by the rust, it seemed not only old, but completely disused. Judd stepped out of the car and pressed the button. A loud burst of static blew out of the speaker inside the box. Then, a voice as soft as gravel spoke, shadowed by a tinny sound. Yes? Judd cleared his throat. Hello, I'm the entertainment for the party. Moments passed, and the sound of shuffling could be heard. One moment, please. In another moment, the gate slowly swung back. Even the gate sounded old as it gave a pitched squeal and opened. Judd got back in his car and drove up the remaining driveway. Just before the mansion was a fountain, and a roundabout surrounding it. He spotted a place to park and brought the car to a stop. As Judd stepped out of the car again, he took a moment to admire the mansion, or at least he tried. From a distance, it seemed grand, majestic, but up close he could see signs of disrepair. His hopes for a large tip on top of his fee started to sink. He climbed the stairs to a pair of large wooden doors. On the front of each was a large metal knocker, a ring looping out of the mouth of some... some kind of thing he could not even fathom. A small pit in his stomach filled, and a sense of wrong filled him for a moment. As he reached up to use one of the door knockers, one of the doors opened. Much like the gate, the door sounded old and barely used, creaking loudly as a hunched and gangly figure appeared behind it. The figure appeared male, with deep sunken eyes that seemed to belie a lack of sleep. His hair was white and spiked out of his head at odd angles. The way he was hunched made him seem small, but if he could stand fully upright, he'd certainly dwarf Judd by a significant amount. His skin was a pale white with warts dotting his arms and hands. He wordlessly motioned for Judd to enter. Judd stepped in and took in the surroundings. Faint lights flickered on the walls candles. The foyer was large and impressive, but not quite as much as the staircase that lay in front of him, and then splitting to the left and right at the top of the landing. Doors littered the hallways and side areas around him, leading to God knows where. The pit in his stomach returned again, telling him something was off. The figure turned to him and spoke. 
I am Daryl, the caretaker of this home. The young master, his family, and their guests are out in the back. Please use the guest room to prepare as you need. And he pointed to a room just off the judge's left. I will come get you when it is time. With that, Daryl left, and Judge slowly made his way to the guest room. He didn't have much preparing he needed to do. With him was a large box filled with balloons, magic tricks, and his shoes. Those he put on right away before looking around. In the corner was a comfy-looking bed, sitting atop an ornate bed frame carved out of wood. An armoire stood leering over the room in another corner near a window. It was carved from a different kind of wood than the doors or the bed frame, but in the gloomy candlelight, it seemed imposing. Against the wall was a small desk and a mirror. As Judd walked over to it, his shoes squeaked loudly. He sat down, adjusted his costume, and waited. What felt like hours passed until a knock on the door and that familiar gravelly voice seeped through it. The young master is ready. Daryl guided Judd through the mansion, which seemed even larger inside than it was on the outside. The mansion's layout was odd, maze-like, impossible. The pit returned and Judd tried to gulp it away. A pair of double oaken doors opened to the backyard and Judd's initial suspicions were confirmed. The walls curved from the front of the mansion to parts of the back. Several paths could be seen breaking up the wall into sections. Judd wondered where those paths led to, but his thoughts were interrupted by the sight of the family he'd come to entertain. Seven figures were in the backyard, some sitting on chairs, the others on the lawn. As soon as Judd saw them, his entire body screamed at him to run, but he couldn't figure out why. He focused on the seven figures, and each one seemed normal, and yet not. Something about them just felt wrong. Summoning up his courage, he pushed the pit back down and brought his case out with him. The closer to the figures he got, the worse the feeling became, and the harder it was to look past it. He was finally in front of the family, and his legs wouldn't stop shaking. What the hell is wrong with them? With me? Judd tried to collect himself and his thoughts. Do the gig, get the money, and get the hell out of there. That was the plan now. Usually, he'd let himself have a moment of rest before leaving, largely so people could thank him or offer him a future gig. But here, he wanted nothing to do with anyone here. Sitting at the front was a squat child dressed in a red t-shirt and oddly yellow pants. On his head was a crown of flowers. That must be the birthday boy. Boy? Judd thought. He tried to pin down what was off about the child, but he just couldn't. Something about the proportions, maybe? Directly behind the child were two taller figures sat on chairs, likely the parents'. The female figure's hair was long, but held up in places with flowers. The male figure had even longer hair. Both were dressed in an array of grays and blacks. The male figure's eyes seemed a bit too... large? 
The female figure moved her hands, and Judd could swear her fingers were much too long. Judd stared at them both, and the feeling stayed. These people, their bodies, there's something wrong with them. His gaze panned over to the other four figures. One was impossibly tall, with an elongated face and a smile that, too, was impossibly long. Another was quite small, with a head that seemed to dwarf the rest of it. The last two were clearly twins, and their bulk placed emphasis on heads that seemed much too small. Still shaking, Judd opened his case and prepared to do his act. The family watched silently as he began to fashion a balloon into the likeness of the child, but that just made the child's oddity seem more pronounced. Still, he put on a laugh, partly for the performance, and partly to try and calm himself down. Midway through a trick about pulling out an enlarged card that the child had chosen, the family clapped loudly all at once. Judd stopped and stared. Impossible to not notice. The figures who had been sitting all stood up. Seeing the family in full stance accentuated their irregularities even more, but what did pass as notice was that the sky was now darkened by thick clouds. His attention was taken from the sky with the sound of a blood-curdling crack. He slowly looked back to the family, and they were all smiling impossible smiles. Another crack, and another, and another. As each member of the family began to twist their limbs, their bodies distorting into wild and terrifying shapes, each staring back at him. Judd took a step back, and the family took a step forward, if you could even call it a step. Their bodies tangled and undulated in uncanny forms, their smiles somehow getting longer every second. In a fit of panic, Judd ran. He tried to run to the front from the left side, but a wall stood there between him and the front lawn. He looked behind him, and the family had moved towards the wall to his right and were still staring at him. There was just enough room between them and the other side. His shoes squeaked as he made his legs move as fast as possible to the right side of the yard. Again, a wall greeted him, and again, the family moved into position, giving him just enough room to escape. He looked at the family and saw that only six were standing there. One of the twins was missing. He looked behind the family and saw the paths leading away from the house, but deeper into the backyard. Judd decided to not make a break for them. Their unknown layout and location could just lead him to a dead end. Literally. Instead, he managed to run past the family and towards the back doors leading into the mansion. There was a cacophony of cracking noises as the family began to give chase. Judd couldn't tell what was worse, the cracking or the guttural gurgling and groaning they started to make and would not stop making. Judd closed the doors behind him and hastily locked them. He tried to rest for a moment, but the sounds were getting louder. A loud bang was followed by more as they attempted to break into the house and pursue him. He finally caught his breath, and then Daryl turned the corner. They stared at each other for a moment, 
and Daryl smiled that hideous smile. There was a crack, and that's all Judd needed to run around the opposite side, away from him. The cracking and groaning fell behind him as he raced to the front door. He tried to open the doors, but they wouldn't budge. Through his terror, Judd remembered the guest room and the window, and he ran to it. Once inside, he slid up against the door and tried to once again catch his breath. Outside the door, he heard the creak of the back doors and the cracking and groaning getting louder. In a moment of realization, he looked down at the clown shoes he was wearing. Horror struck him as he remembered the loud noises they made. As carefully as he could, he slid them off and tossed them onto the bed, praying they wouldn't squeak and Daryl wouldn't remember where he heard them last. The sounds outside moved up and to the back of the house, echoing across the walls of the mansion. When he thought he was finally safe, he walked around the room looking for something to break the window. The posts on the bed frame each had a large wooden orb attached, and much like other things in the house, the bed frame seemed old. He smacked on one of the orbs, and nothing gave. He went to another, and another. The last orb gave way, and the weight of it gave him a brief window of hope. But before he could throw it, he heard a loud crack. Right next to the window was the armoire. Judd's heart sank as it slowly opened, and the other twin stood before him. The figure's body contorted and twisted, its face a permanent, ghastly snarl. It opened its mouth and shrieked, and Judd threw the orb with all his might at the window. It lunged for him, and with luck finally on his side, he dodged it and leapt into the broken window. Judd landed on a pile of broken glass and grass, and was stunned for a brief moment. The sounds from inside the house brought him back to his senses. Judd ran to the car and opened the door. The keys were still in his pocket, and he wasted no time firing it up. No sooner was the engine on, the front doors flew open, and the family crawled and creeped and sprinted out towards him. Judd slammed the gas pedal and flew down the driveway. The gate loomed, and Judd, without thinking, pressed harder down on the gas pedal. The car slammed into the gate, smashing it out of place. Judd went on autopilot until he was well away from the house and back in town. His heart was still trying to blast its way out of his chest as he opened and then locked his front door. He threw his phone out on the couch and went to the bedroom to disrobe and change. Finally calm, Judd moved to the kitchen for a drink. His phone buzzed and the notification went off. Judd picked it up and saw he had an email from the family. Shaking again, he read, Thank you for the wonderful performance. You certainly made this birthday a memorable one. We cannot wait to see what you'll do next year. Thank you for joining me in sharing these nights of terror. We'll be back next month with more spine-chilling tales. I look forward to seeing you again around the campfire. Sweet dreams.